ESPN Radio. just tweeted, I'm coming back for my 23rd season in Tampa, unfinished business, LFG. Brady is back, baby! We heard the Tampa Bay Buccaneers say at the Combine last week that they were going to leave the light on for Tom Brady. Well, it's a good thing they left the lights on. Tom Brady found his way back in, and he'll be back with the Buccaneers this season. ESPN Radio. What are they, Motel 6? We're leaving the light on for you? (laughs) Well, it worked out for him, didn't it? It did. It did. It's ESPN Radio. Chris Carlin, Chris Canty on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. And, of course, on ESPN Plus, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Join us on the Canty call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Among our questions today, is Deshaun Watson a top-five quarterback in the NFL? And who has got a cleaner path back to the Super Bowl, a better chance to get back there in the upcoming season. Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady? And we all know that Brady is back. And earlier today, Tom Brady Sr. was a guest with Greeny, Mike Greenberg, right here on ESPN Radio. And when it came to his son actually making the decision to retire about two months ago, turns out, Maybe he didn't actually make the decision to retire. Take a listen. What happened eight weeks ago was a bunch of people reported that he was retiring, and he, you know, before he was ready. I mean, right after the after they lost, these losses are painful. They you don't uh, you don't just roll over and get up and get going. It's it's painful at the end of the year putting six months in and and uh, all of the heartbreak and all of the joy, but. It's hard. It's emotionally wrenching. And lo and behold, you, it's like your car is out of gas. And then somebody asks you a question, and then everybody's telling you, telling everybody that they know what was, they were doing. I mean, they were announcing his retirement before he even retired. And the media made the news. Hmm. He, he was not ready to make any decision and, and didn't make any decision. But Schefter and Darlington uh, stated it as fact. And, you know, he hadn't made any decision on that. So... Lo and behold, uh, after he had time to reflect with his family and, you know, what gives him the greatest joy in his life, and they all agreed that this is the path forward that, that works best for, for the Brady family. So to be clear, Dad, he never actually retired? That Did I miss it in his Instagram post where, you know, he retired? I it makes me so angry on so many fronts here with Tom Brady Sr. It really does. And and first and foremost, like, guys don't just make things up. That That's not what Jeff Darlington and Adam Schefter do. If they were reporting that he was retiring, do you what do you think you need in terms of confirmation to report that the greatest quarterback of all time is retiring? You're going to have to have multiple sources. Yeah, that better be three or four, and you better have it pretty darn cold. And you know when you have it cold. That's number one. Number two, he's a big boy. He can make up his own mind. Chris, like, that's what aggravates me. He actually, whether or not he was ready to do it, he actually did do it. He could have just said, I'm not ready to announce anything yet. I haven't made up my mind yet. I could, and he did say that, and then two days later he retired. Well, yeah, and the 
Tampa Bay Buccaneers, shortly after Adam Schefter and Jeff Darlington had the reports that Brady was retiring, said that they hadn't heard that from Tom Brady. So that's the part that, yeah, I guess you could see a little bit of the back and forth in terms of Brady mulling the decision. But as far as Tom Sr. coming out to try to defend Brady, I'm asking for who and for what. Tom Brady doesn't look bad, the fact that he decided that he wasn't actually ready to retire and 40 days later unretired and came back for a 23rd season. Everybody around the National Football League is happy about it. Well, maybe everybody except for Aaron Rodgers and the rest of the NFC South. But everybody is excited about Tom Brady continuing to be a part of the NFL. And, Carlin, we knew based on the Instagram post that this was going to be hard for Tom Brady to walk away because at no point in that post did he say, I lost my passion or my fire for the game or I don't feel like I can play at a high level. The things that he talked about was his obligation to family, wanting to be there for his wife, wanting to be present for his kids at the moments that mattered in life, you know, all of those different things. It wasn't about, I don't think I can play at a high level. It wasn't about, I don't think I can compete for a championship with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So from that perspective, I don't think Tom Brady looks bad for going back on his decision that he made a month and a half ago and deciding, you know what, I've got unfinished business on the football field. Nobody is faulting Tom Brady for doing that. How many high-level athletes have we seen retire and then come back? Some retire again and come back. Yeah. I mean, we saw that with Michael Jordan, right? He retired, came back, wore a different number, changed back to 23, won three more championships, retired again, and then came back to play for the Washington Wizards. Nobody kills Michael Jordan for retiring twice and coming back twice. We were all thrilled to see him again. Exactly. Everybody's excited to see Brady again, so why do you feel like this is a decision that you have to defend? You know, Dad sounded like he was very defensive in all of that. He's not infallible. He made a mistake by saying that quickly that he was retiring. I think we can all agree with that. And he didn't, he did not, no matter how you want to justify it, he did not go out there and say it because two people reported it. Yeah. That's not what happened. He went out there and said it two days later, very deliberately, and it wasn't just to make two people's reports right. Those guys had it right. The decision had been made, no matter who it was made by, if they reported it, it had been made. No question about it. And and so that's the part that doesn't really make sense from Tom Sr.'s perspective. But you touched on something, and I think it bears repeating. Tom Brady made a mistake in this moment. He retired too quickly. And this might be one of the first times we've ever seen Tom Brady in his professional career when he's been methodical, when he's been calculated, where you see him have a human moment. Yeah. Because you saw the push and pull between family and the obligations with his home front versus his vocation, his passion to play the game, the competitive fire. We haven't seen this this part of Tom Brady throughout his entire career. His entire career has been well-crafted, uh, I mean, meticulously, you know, prepared and all of those different things in terms of how he shaped what his career looked like, all the while doing high-level winning. And so this was the first instance where we see, I don't want to call it a misstep, but you see Tom Brady truly conflicted about what he wants to do with his football future. And we've never seen that before. Carlin and Canty, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Ashley is in Toronto, up next on ESPN Radio. Ashley, what's going on? Nothing much. How are you guys doing? Good. Um, I'm just making a comment regarding 
Tom Brady and uh, Rodgers for the upcoming season. Yeah. In my opinion, it's going to be Tom Brady is going to have a better season. It's uh, I'm just going to base it on history. History tells us that uh, Tom Brady, he's more clutch, more has been tangible skills and, and set of skills during the playoffs where Aaron Rodgers, he always falters for a reason. So it's gonna well, be it's, it's not fair to say gonna... he always falters. That's not fair. This past year, he wasn't very good in that game against the 49ers. Awful. Yeah, he wasn't Awful. very good at all. And the biggest reason why Brady has the easier route back to the Super Bowl is because Aaron Rodgers has taken every last penny that he possibly can from the Packers. He has made it impossible for that team to get better. And here's the thing, Carlin. I don't think we can separate those two things, right? Because Tom Brady has given himself a competitive edge when it comes to Aaron Rodgers and trying to enhance their legacies by having a $20 million cap hit in 2022 as opposed to Aaron Rodgers, who has a $28 million cap hit, but also looking forward with the cap hits that the Green Bay Packers are going to be responsible for in future years, it affects how that team does business. It affects the level of talent that they're able to keep around him. And so... I understand it's not the player's job to to do the general manager's, you know, job in terms of what's in their purview. Like, it's not the player's responsibility to do the general manager's job. I get it. But when it comes to these two players that are intent on enhancing their legacies at this stage in your career, is it really that important to you to be the highest paid player in the National Football League? I mean, I don't begrudge anybody getting their Clearly. money. I, I don't begrudge that. But if that's the most important thing to you, then, then that is what it is. But when we have the GOAT conversation, a part of that competitiveness and doing whatever it takes in order to put you and your team in situations where you can compete for championships, that matters. Your postseason is where you make your legacy, and Tom Brady has routinely taken less money because he wants to put himself and his team in positions where he can get more rings. I think that's something that's weighted in his favor. So, again, with Aaron Rodgers... It's a lot of show and prove once we get back to the postseason, and that's why I give the edge to Tom Brady when it comes to getting back to the Super Bowl. Also, when we look at history, the best indicator for a future performance is past performance. Since 2013, Brady wins the Super Bowl every other year. So I'll take that guy. What do you think? Who's got the better path back to the Super Bowl, Brady or Rodgers? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Also, is Deshaun Watson a top-five quarterback in your estimation? They asked the question this morning on KJM. We're asking it as well. Want to get your take on that. We will discuss that very topic next, including a discussion of a place where initially we thought there was a strong chance that Watson could end up. Then it kind of died off, but is it still possible he ends up in Philadelphia? Hmm. We'll discuss that next. Carlin Canty. ESPN Radio. Chris Carlin, Chris Canty, ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, and on your smart speaker at Play ESPN Radio. Did you know that you can listen to ESPN Radio commercial free? That's right. You can listen to all your favorite ESPN Radio shows and much more Without the ads on TuneIn, the best audio app for sports fans. Just download the TuneIn app to get started. So much today we have discussed Deshaun Watson and if in fact he is a top five quarterback and where the best fits for him may be. 
as the trade that we all expect to happen here relatively soon starts to come into a little bit more focus. So for that, we welcome in the great Shannon Penn for a little bit of good fit bad fit. Oh, the NFL music, I love it. <laughs> oh no, I was loving the fact that you referred you to me as great. Uh, yeah, that's the NFL music was secondary. That's my wow. totally great. Here we go. I mean, that, here we that's go. That's my default. Yeah. I mean, right. I mean, you know, Sh- Shannon Penn is never short on humility. I mean, Ever. he's, he's yeah. right. He's absolutely right. But I'll, I'll take that. All right, here we go. We'll start with the first team, Chris Canty. We will start with you, the Atlanta Falcons. Is that a good fit or bad fit for Deshaun Watson? Uh, on the field, it's a bad fit because they just don't have a whole lot of pieces around Deshaun Watson. But when it comes to the, uh, the surrounding factors, when you have an owner like Arthur Blank that's going to turn over his franchise to his franchise quarterback, when you have you know, the support of family and friends from nearby, he's from Gainesville, Georgia, which is a stone's throw from Atlanta, it just seems like it's a soft place to land for Deshaun Watson after going through a tumultuous year and a half and dealing with all of the legal proceedings surrounding the allegations of sexual misconduct. So it just seems like from a human standpoint, it makes a lot of sense for Watson. But from a football standpoint, I don't think it makes any sense at all. Agreed on that. I don't see it. And frankly, if you're bringing him in, you're not winning anytime soon. And it's nothing against him. It's about how the rest of the team is constructed. Bad fit. All right, let's let's move on here with uh, Chris Carlin, the Philadelphia Eagles. Carlin, are they a good fit or bad fit for Deshaun Watson? It's a fascinating question for the Eagles. I'm going to say bad fit. I understand it from a football perspective, and the Eagles have everything you need to go and get him. But Watson's personality in that town can either go exceedingly great or horribly, horribly wrong. And what I mean by exceedingly great is if Deshaun Watson were to go into Philadelphia, and here's what's misunderstood. Everybody thinks that, you know, Philly fans are tough and all that, okay? They are, but yes. <laughs> but if you walk in the door and you're on their team and you show them that you care about them, if you speak of them glowingly in that first year, they're going to love you and they're going to defend you. There are still people there right now defending Carson Wentz. Still. I actually think he could make it work for himself, but he won't. Doesn't have the personality for it. And if he says the wrong thing once, they will be all over him. And I don't know that he will handle that well. Let me ask you this, Carlin, because last year when we had the conversation and it came up, the destination being Philadelphia, Deshaun Watson let it be known that he would not waive his no-trade clause for the Eagles. Is that something that they would hold against him? If he shows up there and he says... No, I'll come here. No, that's not true. And he gets traded there. No, they wouldn't hold that against him. When he goes to play there, oh, they will hold it against him. Well, here's what I'll say about it. I for, think it for the I, other team. I'm going to say it's a good fit, and here's the reason why. Philadelphia has a lot of free agents on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. The identity of this team has to be their offense, and you need a quarterback that can make those handful of throws that can be the difference in you winning games versus losing games. I don't have any confidence that that's Jalen Hurts. And you're talking about a team – that's a playoff-caliber squad from a year ago. See, I think they Hurts got, is going to get better. Got, I think he's going to be good. Yeah, but he's not going to be Deshaun Watson good. And no. so I think that takes that team to a whole nother level. And so I'd rather deal with the known quantity in Deshaun Watson rather than holding on for the hope that Jalen Hurts is going to evolve into a Dak Prescott-esque quarterback. Shannon, what we got? Okay, you're listening to Chris Canny and Chris Carlin, ESPN Radio. 
playing good fit, bad fit with Deshaun Watson. What's up next? All right, here we go. Last team here. Canty, I'll start with you. The Cleveland Browns. Are the Browns a good fit or a bad fit for Deshaun Watson? Hell yeah, they're a good fit for Deshaun Watson. That's a great fit. Now, I don't know that the Texans are going to trade Deshaun within the conference, but Carlin, I'll say this. That offense, Deshaun Watson is tailor-made for what Kevin Stefanski wants to do. They want to run the football and then utilize those boots and sprints with the quarterback, get him out on the perimeter, allow him to use his legs to put pressure on the defense. You're going to see a lot of second reaction plays, and Deshaun Watson has a level of athleticism that Baker Mayfield can only dream about. That's going to make everybody better. It's going to make the running lanes for those running backs bigger, and it's going to make it easier for those receivers to uncover down the field. So I love the fit of Deshaun Watson with the Cleveland Browns. Be interesting to see what the Cleveland Browns would give up. I would imagine they're going to have to move Baker Mayfield, but I'm not sure that the Texans would have any appetite for a quarterback like that. No, I don't know if they would either. I think it's a good fit from a football standpoint. I don't know that he's in a hurry to get to Cleveland. I don't. Who is in a hurry I, to get to Cleveland? Uh, it's a nice town, but, you know. Uh, know exactly. Anyway, yeah. point okay. being, absolutely, I think from a football standpoint, it's a good fit because of the run game, because of and the offensive line is really good. The the, the receivers at this point, we're waiting to see what but the rest of these guys are going to be. But that's why you're getting Deshaun Watson right. because the expectation is he's, he's going gonna make to he's going to make those receivers better. Yeah, uh, I think from a football standpoint, absolutely. Does he want to be there? I can't say that confidently. But I think that's it. That's good fit, bad fit with Deshaun Watson. Those are the teams. Did you know Shannon making it a little weird here during this segment? Yeah, he did make it a little strange. He's giving us awkward silences here as if we're just supposed to, we have left it open for you to speak, Uh and then you just, nothing. There's uh nothing. You're making it weird, dude. But at the top of the segment, he said it was all about him, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's not about the music. It's about him. During the break, we'll take you behind the curtain for a second. Uh Shannon, you want to get to a call or two? Don in Dallas is sitting there waiting. Uh Shannon's response, quite similar to what Randy Gregory's response was to the Cowboys, which was basically blank them. (laughs) That's what it was. I mean, uh, am I telling any uh, non-truths here? No lies told. No lies told. No <laughs> lies told. I, I, I don't recall. Stop making it weird, dude. You're that guy. You're making it weird. <laughs> but it did get weird. And there it's weird again. And, but it did get weird with the Dallas Cowboys and Randy Gregory. And we'll explain that on the other side of the break. You're promise, listening to promise. Carlin and Candy. We're going to talk about them, right? We're going to talk uh, about the Cowboys? We're, we're going to talk about the Cowboys. Okay. We promise we're going to talk about the Cowboys. The world's going to end during the, se- the break. This is the seventh show. <laughs> That we've had the Cowboys in the rundown, and yet we found a way not to talk about the Dallas Cowboys. Probably the only show in radio, sports radio history to ever pull that off. But anyway, we promise we're going to talk about the Dallas Cowboys on the other side of the break. You're listening to ESPN Radio. Back after this. Maybe. ESPN Radio. Carlin Canty, ESPN Radio. Is Deshaun Watson a top five quarterback? 888-729-3776. 888-SAY-ESPN. We'll get to that in your calls here shortly. First up, though, Randy Gregory. Breaking moves in Dallas. How about this? Randy Gregory had an agreement with the Cowboys that he was going to return on a five-year deal worth $70 million, about 30 of it, 29 and a half guaranteed. And he got the exact same offer from the Denver Broncos 
and he spurned the Cowboys for the Broncos after initially agreeing because there was language in the contract that said if he got fined, the guarantees could get voided. And so when you're looking at Randy Gregory's history in the league and his problems with substance abuse, I mean, he's been suspended for an entire year at one point. I understand what his thought is, but this was from Ed Werder earlier Mm -hmm. on Twitter. From Gregory's agent, the quote, voiding a guarantee because a guy gets fined is not in any contract with any other team in the league, end quote. When questioned, questioned, the Cowboys said the clause is in every contract but Dak Prescott's. When Gregory learned of the language being inserted into the contract, he apparently said, blank them. Wow. Well, you know, the I guess the common, the common thing that Dak and Randy Gregory have when it comes to contract negotiations with the Cowboys, both of those guys were set to be unrestricted free agents, and there was nothing the Dallas Cowboys could do about it. And so they could insist that that language not be included. Now, we know... The quarterback position is a premium position, and so those guys are treated separate and apart, and they're different. But when it comes to Randy Gregory, if you got other options that are on the table, then why would you take this contract that has this kind of language in it? If I'm, if I'm fine, the guarantees would void. We're talking about guarantees that are in the eight figures. Why would I sign something like that when I'm being offered something by the Denver Broncos that's in the same ballpark that the Dallas Cowboys are offering me with a team that has as good or better of a quarterback with a defense that was better than the one I'm currently on. All right, I'll give you two reasons. Help me out. Number one, I I know this is a naive answer. Is there a little bit of loyalty? Hell there? no. I mean, no. considering what the, team, no. what the team no, went through with no, no, you, no, 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 no. what the, you put the team no, through no, and they're the team, willing to do but all But they that? didn't do that out of the kindness of their heart. They no. did it because they felt like you were a player for them. But they you also have know you better than anybody. And that's fair. And that's all well and good. But when you start talking about loyalty, you know who you should have loyalty to when it comes to this time of the year for an NFL player? Have loyalty to your family. Okay. Have loyalty to your family and, to do what's in, and do what's in their best interest. To, to, to your point. Which is getting the most money that you absolutely can. Exactly. But to that point, if you go and you are on the straight and narrow and there aren't any issues there, then you actually would get more money in Texas yeah, because there's, there's no, no state, state income, income tax. tax. Okay, I get it. But here's what I will say to that. What I'm saying is... For Randy Gregory, it's better to take the bird in hand and the assurance that your guarantees won't void because you get fined or because you might have a lapse versus going with the Dallas Cowboys and having this you, looming over your do head. Do you remember any of this language in any contract you had? Hell no. Hell no. And did you and go I played, through and, and know I played, and exactly I played for the, what And I played for the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. I didn't have any language like that in my contract. But what I'll say is this, man. No player wants to have to deal with this. And on top of that, not that I've had substance abuse issues, but people in my family have had substance abuse issues. You are never free from being an addict. No. Ever. Absolutely Ever. Not. And so if you're Randy Gregory, you trust yourself, you're happy that you've got your life on a straight and narrow, but there is no guarantee that you won't fall off the wagon again. And so from that perspective, I can understand why he would want to go to the Denver Broncos. Okay. Last point on this, Carlin. If this is something that you insisted on, 
why wasn't this in the initial contract offer? Why is this something that I'm getting on the final paperwork when we're getting ready to execute the deal? Why is this something that That's I'm finding out, finding out in the 11th hour? Because if this is something that you insisted on, this should be a conversation that you were having with my agent all along. Because the Dallas Cowboys have the first right of refusal. They don't have to wait until the start of free agency to re-sign Randy Gregory. He's on their damn team. So I, I just feel like the Cowboys front office bungled this thing seven ways to Sunday, and now they're trying to do damage control by using Randy Gregory's past against him. Look, when I say the word loyalty, I'm just talking about everything that they wrote out with him when he was written off by a lot of people. Mm. And I would think that would mean something, but at the same time, I get it, because here's here's the best part of the argument that you just made. You're taking care of your family. So that money's, if I screw up, or it shouldn't even say screw up, because it is a disease, and there are things that sometimes just can't be controlled, right? If that's the case, it it almost just says to my family, no matter what happens, you're good. Yeah. And and that argument, I buy that 100%. I absolutely have no problem with that whatsoever. But what makes this situation now more interesting, since Randy Gregory is moving on, now the Cowboys have interest in Von Miller, Super Bowl champion twice, I guess, Von Miller, Super Bowl MVP. Von Miller. Is Von Miller. The guy that had nine sacks in 12 games with the Rams, that guy. At his age right now, is Von Miller going to cost you more than Randy Gregory or less? Oh, no. He's going to cost you less money. And here's the other thing. It's not outside of the realm of possibility that Von Miller could take a hometown discount because he is from from DeSoto, Texas, Yep, which is a suburb of Dallas, Texas. And it is kind of ironic because there was talk about Von Miller going back to the Broncos. And now that's not going to happen. No, exactly. That's not. That door is slammed all the way shut. That's not going to yeah. happen. Wow. Yeah. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Up next, Yankees and Mets have a major problem on their hands in New York, and it's along the lines of what Kyrie Irving is dealing with. Think about players not being allowed to play in home games. We'll tell you what the problem is for the Yankees in particular next. Chris Carlin, Chris Canty. By the way, Randy Gregory, breaking moves, my friends. Breaking news is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to linkedin.com slash sports. Once again, I'll... ESPN Radio. Chris Carlin, Chris Canty, ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus, 888-SAY-ESPN. Let's get to Torrance in Louisiana up next this afternoon on ESPN Radio. What's up, Torrance? Hi, guys. How are y'all doing? Outstanding. What do you got? Uh, I just wanted to say why Deshaun Watson is a top-five quarterback. Uh, He has the the size, the athleticism, and the accuracy of the modern-day uh, prototypical quarterback, and he's all of that. And so, therefore, with his potential, he's a top-five quarterback. And to piggyback on another question that you asked about the easiest road to the Super Bowl, it would be Aaron Rodgers. If the Saints get Deshaun Watson, it would be Aaron Rodgers because of the NFC North, and Tom Brady's been having issues with the Saints the last two years. 
But here's the one thing I will say, Torrance. It's been that way in the NFC North for some time now with Aaron Rodgers, and yet it hadn't seemed to make a difference when it comes to him winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, three years ago, he was in the NFC Championship game, and it took Jimmy Garoppolo throwing all of eight passes in order to – in order for the Niners to advance to the Super Bowl, you look at the game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They got Tom Brady rolling into his building after they had been on the road the entirety of the playoffs. Packers had the first round by. Didn't seem to make a difference for Aaron Rodgers. And in this past year, you lost to an offense that didn't score an offensive touchdown. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't know how much easier the path for him to get to the playoffs is. But once we get into the playoffs, Aaron Rodgers has shown that he struggled against playoff caliber teams. And not only that. But if you're going to make the point that Brady has struggled against the Saints, okay, but that's been during the regular season. He beat them in the playoffs. Which Let's is, forget which about is the that. only time that matters, well, right? Yeah, when they went to the Super Bowl. And this past year, they, the Saints were not the issue. The, the issue was the Rams, and yeah. they couldn't stop them. So it had absolutely nothing to do with any of that. For me, I still think it's Brady having the much easier path just because I believe in – not just everything that he does, but I believe in what's around him. And I, I still don't know what's going to be. I mean, I know Devontae Adams is going to be there. I don't know what else is going to be around Aaron Rodgers this year. And, and not to mention, Aaron Rodgers' offensive coordinator just took the job with the Denver Broncos, too. So there's going to be somebody else that's stepping yeah, in. Yeah, but he's got Tom Clements. Yeah, he's got his quarterback coach, Tom Clements. Please. But then you've got the continuity down there in Tampa with the coaching staff. I think that does play a factor in it, and that's probably why Tom Brady came back, because it seems like all the stars are aligning in terms of Tampa doing everything they need to put the pieces in place for Tom Brady to win another Super Bowl. Look, Tom Brady, if he didn't think he could win another Super Bowl, I don't know that he would have come back. I mean, maybe that would have been the one thing that would have kept him actually retired. Is Deshaun Watson a top five quarterback in the NFL? They asked it this morning on KJM. We're asking it this afternoon as well. Want to get your take at 888-SAY-ESPN. Chris Carlin, Chris Canty on ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. And want to thank our guests from today, both Carlos Boozer, the two-time NBA, champ, or NBA All-Star. I'm so bummed out I did not get a chance. We're running short on time to ask him about the whole Prince situation at his house. <laughs> I've got to know, like, what was the weirdest thing that Prince had in that house? Yeah. I, you know? I, don't, I don't know if that's something that he could actually share on air on the radio. Yeah, maybe us. not. But, yeah. I, you know, painting the whole house purple, like, yeah. it's such a baller Prince move. I mean, is, is there anything that we don't like about Prince? Uh, no, there's just, it. Uh, there's nothing not to like about Prince. And exactly. Dan Orlovsky as well, ESPN NFL analyst, joined us earlier. Right now, though, it is time for three and out. Sometimes it's the worst. Sometimes it's the best. best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is Three and out. All right. A little bit of three and out. Does Shannon do this or am I doing this? No, you're doing it. I'm this doing is all this. On okay. You got yeah, it good. You. Good. Then we don't make it weird again with Shannon. That's great. <laughs> all right. Number one. Unvaccinated Yankees and Mets won't be allowed to play home games. That little nugget was put out there today by City Hall in New York. The similar situation of what we're running into with Kyrie Irving in Brooklyn well, it's going to be the same thing for the Mets and Yankees. Now, I saw a couple of stats regarding the two earlier. Now, remember last year when you had to be, your your traveling party had to be 85% vaccinated 
to get all the benefits of it. Yeah, to relax protocols. Right, yeah. exactly. Apparently, the Mets travel party was. But as far as the actual players, it was only in the 55 to 60% range. <laughs> and then, earlier today, Aaron Judge was asked if he is worried about the vaccination situation or whether he actually is vaccinated. Here he is. I'm, I'm still focused on you know, just getting through the first game of spring training, so I think we'll we'll cross that bridge whenever um, you know the time comes. But right now, so many things could change, so I'm not really too worried about that right now. Actually, I'm so focused on avoiding that question. Yeah, no, no, that's what I don't understand. Why, I mean, don't patronize us. Anything other than yes is a no in that instance, right? Yes. When they ask you the question, are you vaccinated? Any answer other than Yes is no. And so I don't understand why Aaron Judge thinks he's sidestepping this thing effectively. But when it comes to the overarching picture in this vaccine mandate for the private sector in New York City, this is something that all these New York sports franchises are going to have to deal with. And I get that the Mets massaged the rule with Major League Baseball last year. But when it comes to playing in the tri-state area, if you're playing in in any of the boroughs, this is something that you're going to have to deal with. And I can't imagine that it's going to get any better with Kevin Durant doing what he did post-game against uh, the New York Knicks on Sunday with agitating the mayor, calling him by name. The apology that he issued yesterday, it didn't really sound like an apology directly toward Eric Adams. No. And so I think this is going to be a problem now because you're putting the brass in this city in a tough spot where they're going to be forced to, I don't, I don't know, they can't be seen as making a decision that's bending to the will of professional sports leagues where you're talking about this policy costing people their jobs because they were unwilling to get vaccinated. Let me just paint a little picture for you. I'm listening. April 7th, opening day, Yankee Stadium. Yep. Red Sox in town. Mm-hmm. They're announcing the starting lineups. Aaron Judge is sitting in the stands. <laughs> now, now playing right field for the Yankees, Tim LaCastro. <laughs> Let me tell you what I don't want to see as a Yankees fan. <laughs> I, I don't want to see Tim LeCastro on opening day. See, now I'm kind of rooting for it. But, but here's the thing. I'm but, but here's the, the thing. Crash. As a player, you know this is one of the consequences <laughs> if you don't get vaccinated. Don't blame uh, the government. Don't no. blame the mayor. This is on you. You're making a personal choice. You're putting your own interest ahead of the team's interest. And that's okay, but let's call it what it is. Don't try to hide it behind oh, this is wrong, this is a stupid policy. Listen, we all don't agree with the vaccine mandate, the way that it's written, and how it allows opposing players to come in that are unvaccinated and play versus home players. We don't agree with that. If it's going to be players that are unvaccinated can't play, then it should be all players, not just the home players. We all recognize that there's a little bit of hypocrisy in it. But you calling out the mayor and saying he better figure it out ain't helping the cause. That's counterproductive. Carl Anthony Towns last night, an NBA season best 60, Ooh. 60 for Cat last night. He's still a guy that I think should be on the radar of the Knicks. They should be monitoring that situation. Yeah, Cat. To try blink, to trade for him. Blink twice if you're being held hostage in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> Just give us the little double blink and let us yeah. know. I mean, listen, he's a phenomenal talent. I mean, he's one of the best bigs in the game. And he he represents what you want from a big guy in the modern era. I mean, he can pick and pop. He can step back and shoot the three. But he can also be dominant on the low block. This is exactly what you're looking for. And, I mean, the fact that he's the first guy to score 60 
and have 17 boards since Shaquille O'Neal dropped 61 and had 23 back in March of 2000 just shows you the range and the versatility that Carl Anthony Towns plays the game with. So, yeah, I think you got to have to get him out of Minnesota for him to do any high-level winning because Minnesota ain't a free agent no. destination. No. But I, I love the fact that he's finally getting his just due and he's getting a little bit of shine. And that's why Deshaun Watson won't be playing for the Vikings. It is not a destination. Lastly, <laughs> Senate passing a bill today, and this is the best news I've heard in weeks. Oh, really? Passing a bill today that is making daylight savings time permanent. Yes! So what that means is, beginning in 2023, this past weekend we just sprung forward, right? Uh-huh. From now on, we will not be turning back the clock and then moving it forward twice a year. After this year, after October, and then again next spring. After that, the clock just stays the same all the time, so we will not be losing an hour of sleep in the spring and then having it be dark at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. First of all, let me ask you this question. Is anybody actually still out there physically turning the clock backwards and forwards? Because if you are, I feel like we need to have an intervention. Yeah, if you are. I mean, like, unless you've got an antique clock. Your your phone does that automatically. It better be a family heirloom. Your your car (laughs) clock does that automatically. The microwave and the stove, I still got a... I don't know what kind of car you're (laughs) driving around, Chris, but mine, you have to do it the old-fashioned way. Uh, I'm sorry. Did you have to do that with your eight track in there? Right. Too? I'm about to say, what are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, hey, driving tape, a sixty hey, degree you, you got a VW Bug from back in the seventies. Tape what deck. What are we doing? Tape deck. Okay. Tape oh, deck. tape deck. Okay. Oh, thank All you very right. much okay. to stay in one era. I, I'm just, I'm yeah. just saying, if you're physically actually turning back the clock, we got a problem. But. Carlin, I'm on board with this. I'm all for the sunshine. I mean, more more sunlight is a good thing. It's nice to be able to wake up and, and have some sunshine, and it's nice to be able to leave work and actually still have the sun up. I like it. I think it's fantastic. I couldn't be happier because I cannot stand those first couple of days when it is dark at 4.30 And it's cold as hell. Oh, yeah. It's cold. <laughs> that You know what? It just feels It feels like bleak. It is that line from Groundhog Day. It's going to be It's going to be gray it's going to be cold and it's going to last for the rest of your life (laughs) that's what it feels like spain and fitz up next it's carlin and canty on espn radio